Welcome to Have I Got a Story for You, produced by PJ Library, a program of the Harold Grinspoon Foundation. PJ Library sends great, expertly curated books to families raising Jewish children every month for free. And I don't mean free like you're free to sign up and then pay us all kinds of money. I mean we send you books, and you don't send us money. It's all free, thanks to our very generous donors. Sign up at pjlibrary.org. We're very excited that it's now the year 2079, because that means Have I Got a Story for You is celebrating its 60th anniversary. Those years flew by. I always knew podcasting was here to stay, and I'm so grateful to still be hosting this show. It's kept me feeling, and I'm also told sounding, as young as the day I started. I'd also like to say hi to another reason I'm grateful. My great-granddaughter, Evie, who requested that we cover today's story after she read about it on the news patch of her info reflector. I don't even know how to use those things, but you kids seem to have it all figured out. Okay, now for the story. Obviously, you've all heard about NASA building the first science station on the moon back in 2077, and how they've discovered an enormous source of solar energy stored in the moon's core. All of the science works out. It's the future. Don't worry about it. Well, one of the many astronauts working hard up there is Dr. Michael J. Epstein, a brilliant physicist who came up with a plan that could fuel all human activity with this clean and renewable energy. But just because he's brilliant doesn't mean he's, uh, let's say, easy to work with. And the people at Mission Control here on Earth have already learned that especially Judy Ortega and Daniel Schottenfeld on the communications team. They're NASA's CAPCOMs. That's short for Capsule Communicators. And, well, this is them now. never drive again, but I found a guy in Portugal selling a real antique car engine from the 2020s. <laughs> Great. <laughs> You're going to look so funny going around in a car. Who uses those things anymore? Well, it's just for historical value. I'd n- never use it for transport... Oh, no. Is it him? It's always him. Ooh, I think it's my lunch break. No way. Judy, last week I had to special order a huge crate of Kugel Crisp cereal that had only his favorite apricot and prune-flavored crisps in it. And Kugel Crisp doesn't even do special orders. But after a dozen calls between me and everybody else at the company, I convinced them that they'd be helping the heroic Dr. Epstein save the future. So they did it. Maybe he's calling to thank me. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, it's your turn. But I took care of the cotton underwear situation. I sang him lullabies for a full week after the meteor shower. Raisins with almonds is still stuck in my head. Oh, yeah. That was nuts. We agreed the next one was going to be yours. Maybe it'll be some tiny little request like the toothpaste cap. You lucked out on that one. Look, you got to grab it before it goes to the commander. I'm grateful for my job. I love working for NASA. Mission Control, this is Capcom, Judy Ortega. Hello, Capcom. Please, Dr. Epstein, you can call me Judy. Yes, this is Chief Science Officer Dr. Michael Epstein. I know, Dr. Epstein, I can... ID number four, seven, Dr. Three, Epstein, Alpha, our screen eight, tells two, us six, who's three. calling. You, just, you don't need to... Over. You just got to let him. Ah, thank you for that. Yes, 
Here we go. Identification uh, confirmed. Dr. Michael J. Epstein. How can we help you today? Well, Capcom, it's the living arrangements. Oh, boy. Okay. You've been on Moon Station 1 for three and a half months. What is it about the living arrangements? Well, I don't know how I'm supposed to live with a hundred other people constantly going around, getting in my way all the time. There's Talking eight and others. And acting eight like others, eight people, yep. All this important people, yep. work to do, and one woman keeps pestering me, asking, what did I eat? What did I drink today? How much exercise did I do? And on and on, like it's any of her business. It's maddening. I'm trying to solve the biggest challenge in human history. I understand, Doctor. Well, okay, right off the bat, I can tell you that the woman asking those questions is Dr. Mizrahi, the station physician. She's not trying to pester you. She's making sure you stay healthy. She's one of the best medical doctors in the world. I feel like you're missing my point. How's a serious scientist like me supposed to proceed while all these people are... Do you know yesterday they burst out singing happy birthday for no reason? Like we were in a kindergarten classroom. I had to bring my work... This my has to end. You love working at NASA. You're grateful for your job. Yeah, I... And by the time I'd set up a new workstation with my supplies arranged just the way I wanted them to... I am grateful for my job. Six and a half minutes of productivity that I'll never get back. You're right, Doctor. I'm terribly sorry... I know exactly what you're talking about, and I understand completely. You do? You do? Yes. You can't possibly do your best work under those conditions. A hundred people chattering around you like that? Getting in your way all the time. Right! Yes! You've put up with this for too long. We'll need to activate Emergency Protocol Epsilon. That's... Not a thing. Yes, Epsilon. It's an emergency. Yes, Doctor. We can fix this. We'll just have to do it a little bit at a time so the others don't catch on. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Um, why is that? Well, they all think their work is as important as yours. <laughs> so they'll want Protocol Epsilon also if they find out about it. And we can't be giving out a hundred Epsilons to every random molecular biologist or Nobel Prize winning astrophysicist who wants one, now can we? Ha! <laughs> Certainly not, I understand. So, how will you do it? Yeah, how will you do it? For today, you'll need to start with the... Particle barrier. Particle barrier, got it. Which one? I mean, um, what's that? You know that pile of sandbags by Dr. Yao's station? Yeah, the geologist, right? Yeah, he's got a million bags of sand. It's leftover moon sand and he's done with them. He asked to have one of the station robots take them outside for dumping tonight. I'll cancel that bot request because now you need to get them. Bring them all onto your bed... Line them up so they'll be surrounding you when you sleep. Aha! Particle barrier! Very good. Doctor, we need to end this transmission now. In exactly 24 hours, you are to contact Capcom Daniel Schottenfeld and request Protocol Epsilon Stage 2. Stage 2, yes. Okay, copy that. Thank you, Capcom. You're very welcome, Doctor. And it's Judy. Judy. You... I'm taking my lunch break. Yeah, well, but wait a second. What's what's stage two? I don't know. That's your problem. Well, that was all on day one of this story. 
So Daniel thought about it and realized the brilliance of Judy's plan. The next day, exactly 24 hours later, he was ready. Here you go. Have fun. Mission Control, this is Capcom Daniel Schottenfeld. Hello, Capcom. It's Daniel. Yes, this is Chief Science Officer Dr. Michael J. Epstein on Moon Station 1, ID number 4737 Alpha 8263, Foxtrot Niner, over. Copy that. Confirming, confirming. <laughs> nice. Confirming. All right, identification confirmed. Dr. Michael J. Epstein, how can we help you today? I need to speak with Capcom Daniel Schottenfeld about a top-secret classified matter, so don't ask about it. Well, sir, this is... Uh, you're speaking with... <clears throat> uh, I mean, copy that, Doctor. Connecting you with Capcom Schottenfeld on an extra-secure, top-secret-level communication line. Very good. This is Capcom Daniel Schottenfeld. Yes, hello. I was told to contact you regarding Protocol Epsilon Stage 2. Ah, uh, yes. Then the particle barrier is in place. It is. My muscles are more sore than they've ever been in my life just from building it, and I can't say I slept very well with so much of my bed taken up, but the barrier is sturdy. I assure you it's quite necessary, Doctor. Excellent work. Now, stage two requires gravitational augmentation. Gravitational augmentation? Aha. Uh -huh. Now, how would We that... don't have much time, Doctor, so please listen carefully. For the rest of the protocol, you'll need to carry four liters of water with you at all times, everywhere you go. Four liters? You can put little water bottles in your pockets, strong plastic bags of water under your shirt, whatever you need to do. But as Epsilon progresses, believe me, you don't want to be caught without four liters. All right, if it's absolutely necessary. Unfortunately, it is. In 24 hours, ask for Capcom Judy Ortega for Epsilon Stage 3. Okay. If I may ask, how many stages are there? End of secure communication. So the trusting doctor followed their instructions. Hello, I'm calling for Emergency Protocol Epsilon Stage 3. I'll put you through, sir. And he followed the protocols that Judy and Daniel gave him to the letter, again and again and again. Stage eight is a tricky one, Doctor. I hope you have good balance. What? Balance? Why? What is it? Day after day, he called in right on time to get the next instruction and to report how difficult the last one had been to complete. How'd you do with stage 14? I don't see why I should pretend to be the station robot's butler. It's been having me carry it around for no apparent reason and bring it things I know it has no use for. Why would a robot need a fruit salad with perfectly cube-shaped fruit pieces? Robots do love cubes. Anyway, that chopping and slicing was even harder while wearing the pirate eye patch from Stage 9. I'm sure, I'm sure. Well, Epsilon involves a complicated web of interactions, so I know a lot of it can seem strange from your point of view, but you're doing great, and it's all connecting perfectly behind the scenes. I know, Capcom. I know. It's Judy. Now get something to write with, and a safety helmet, because Stage 15 is a doozy. Oh, no. Does this story sound familiar to you? It's based on the folktale and PJ Library book, It Could Only Be Worse, by Margot Zemak. Or you might have read it in The Little Little House. Or maybe you came across it in A Big Quiet House. And even, oy vey, Life in a Shoe. 
This story is about a Jewish idea called Sameach Bechelko, being happy with what you have. Dr. Epstein has a hard time being happy with his living arrangements, doesn't he? Of course, Judy and Daniel told the other scientists what was going on, because Dr. Mizrahi had become concerned about Dr. Epstein's strange behavior. Stranger than usual, that is. The others were happy to play along. A couple of them even secretly did some of Dr. Epstein's work for him, since Protocol Epsilon was taking up more and more of his time. Eventually, Judy and Daniel decided to tell him the good news. Doctor, I think you're going to like stage 26. No, I don't think I am. Epsilon is... There's so much to do. There's so many things to carry and to fill and to peel and to build and to hide inside my pillow or in my shoes. I can hardly remember why we started this process to begin with. It's over, Doctor. What's that? Over? How do you mean? Hello, Doctor. It's Judy. I wanted to be the one to tell you. Stage 26 is to put everything back the way it was. Full reset. Epsilon is complete. What? Really? Really. Oh, Judy, that's wonderful news. He called you Judy. I can't wait to get these water bags off me and wash off this clown makeup and shave this old-timey mustache, and I'm so looking forward to wearing real pajamas again. You've done an excellent job, Doctor. Please call back tomorrow to let us know how everything is. I will, Daniel. Thank you. (laughs) Did Dr. Epstein just squeal with delight? I believe he did. The next day, they got a call from Dr. Epstein. They knew it was him because it said so on their monitor. Otherwise, they would have probably doubted it because the man talking to them sounded nothing like the constant complainer they'd been hearing from for months. Judy, Daniel, I don't know how you did all this. The moon is so beautiful now. I'm sending you both some photos I took on my hike this morning when the sun first appeared behind the earth. That's great, Doc. It's great to hear the protocol worked. Oh, did it ever. Somehow I can devise a plan to divert solar energy from the moon, but I can't figure out how you and Epsilon were able to change everything I didn't like about this place and turn it all to... well, to exactly how I would want it to be. I'm so grateful to you both. It's our pleasure, Doc. We're pretty grateful to be able to do our jobs, too. And I don't know where you sent all those other people, but the eight who remained here, they must be the nicest of them all. Did you know they put together a birthday party for me this morning? It was the sweetest thing. Actually, it seems my birthday was weeks ago, but I've been so wrapped up in my work, they weren't able to reach me for a party until now. Oh, they're waving me over. I'd better go. We're headed outside for a moon bounce. That's just a low-gravity thing. There's no actual moon bounce like at a birthday party, unless they... No, probably not. Anyway, thank you both so much. Ah, you're welcome, welcome. Doc. Take care. (laughs) Take care. So what was Emergency Protocol Epsilon anyway? Judy and Daniel didn't actually change anything on Moon Station 1. What changed was Dr. Epstein. He used to think of everything and everyone as being in his way, taking up his space. But then Epsilon made his life even harder, a lot less comfortable, with a lot more chopping fruit salad for a bossy robot. (laughs) 
After 25 protocol Epsilon stages, Dr. Epstein collects a lot more stuff than he'll ever need. And after a reset back to where he started, he realizes that he's happier than he's ever been. Sometimes we have to go through something difficult to realize how great things actually were before. Then when the difficulty, or at least the worst part of it, passes, we can suddenly see that there's a lot to be grateful for if we just take the time to notice. Hey, have you got a story for us? We'd be really grateful to hear it. Send us a chat patch on your holographic info reflector, or if you're using more antique technology, find us at gotastorypodcast.com. PJ Library is cosmically grateful to the Harold Grinspoon Foundation and their super generous partners because they make it so we can send free, fantastic books every month to families raising Jewish children. Find out how your family can sign up at pjlibrary.org.